Love After Baby. This is the audio version of the podcast, um, of the blog that I wrote um, relating to what happens to your relationship after you introduce a new baby. So I start off with the lyrics from the song The Mother by Brandy Carlisle, and I think this is a really beautiful song. Um, and she says, welcome to the end of being alone inside your mind. You're tethered to another and you're worried all the time. You always knew the melody, but you never heard it rhyme. So here is my blog. Welcome to motherhood. Your hair is messy. Your stomach is flabby. Your boobs are swollen and you don't have much time to fix it at all. There is a baby needing you. Life feels almost impossible to get on with like it was before, and your relationship is tense. Small things like who is getting up this time to hold the baby, or whose turn is it to fold the laundry while the other cooks dinner, become big. And it's frustrating The baby doesn't settle long enough for a healing conversation about your relationship, and if it does, you're watching the monitor worried about why the baby is sleeping so long and if you should go wake the baby up. If this sounds like you, I hope you find comfort in knowing you are in the majority. Lots of research has been done on couples and the postpartum period. Postpartum means following childbirth. This research overwhelmingly identifies that couples are at increased vulnerability for relationship problems after a baby is born. Makes sense, right? You've both just experienced the biggest transition of your lives. You might have had some scares in the hospital or a traumatic event happen. You are surging with hormones, tending to a new baby, not sleeping, worried constantly, and just generally have a short fuse. If you are experiencing a postpartum mood disorder like anxiety, obsessive-compulsive disorder, depression, mania, or bipolarism, then the fuse is probably even shorter. One of the hardest things about the postpartum time period is that sometimes you might feel like yourself again, only to experience a backward slide hours later. Relationship problems at this time can feel absolutely unsurmountable. How do you and your partner stay intimate and connected when you're upset and short with each other? This is a great question because after all, you wanted to have a baby with this person, or at least you thought you both could come through it united and on the same page. Well, I'll share with you what I know as a couples therapist that specializes in working with relationships postpartum. I always start with the immediacy of calming tension and de-escalating conflict. 
This is important because to deepen in your relationship, tensions must be calm and conflict must be de-escalated. So here are some tips to try out. Number one, stop, look, and listen. Okay, we all know that from being told fire drills as little kids. Stop, look, and listen to your body. Okay, what is going on for you? Is your heart rate up? Is your breathing fast? Are you shaking or does your head hurt? When you are in a conflict with your partner, I want you to check in and notice your reactions. I want you to stop. I want you to look inside yourself and I want you to listen to your body. Okay, and we'll talk more about how to do this with your partner um, so as not to escalate things further when you're trying to calm them down. Okay, stop, look, and listen. Stop. Close your eyes. Okay, ask your partner to give you permission. I just need to stop at this moment. Look, look inside yourself. What is going on? in my body is my heart rate going up do as are my hands shaking do i feel like i have like just energy pulsing through me at this moment and listen to your body what is it telling you to do okay what is your body telling you to do maybe that energy is not pulsing through your body maybe it drops maybe it drops far Okay, so listen to your body. Number two, make eye contact. So take a step back from your partner and position yourself in a non-threatening way, like sitting down or keeping your arms to your side. Okay, so make eye contact with your partner. Why this is important is because when you start to make eye contact with your partner, you move away from looking and processing all of the anger that's brewing inside of you. And you start to see that there's another person on the receiving end. Okay? Take a step back. Oftentimes when we're angry and we're heated, in a conflict with our partner, we take a step forward. Okay, we, we, we take a step forward or we just bolt and we go out the door. Okay, so what I'm saying to do in step two, make eye contact with your partner, take a step back and then position yourself in a non-threatening way. Okay, when you sit down on a chair you are no longer in a threat provocative posture to your partner. This helps your partner to lower their stress response and to also start to gain hold of calming themselves down, de-escalating. Okay. So step number three, open yourself up to hearing your partner. 
Remove the filter of defense that comes up for you and try to listen to clues on what your partner is really trying to tell you. This is hard. It's really hard to open yourself up to hearing your partner. It's hard because at the same time our partner is talking, we have our own thoughts going on in our heads. We have we we have to do this. It's really important. We have to fit in situations into brain schema that has already happened. Okay, this is how we make sense of our world. So what I'm saying in step three is quiet your mind, open yourself up to hearing what your partner is saying. And that might actually mean hanging on their every word. Okay. And this is important for you too, because it helps your brain to calm. Okay. So these are the things to calm yourself. Step one, stop, look, and listen to your body. Stop the forward motion of anger. Look inside your body. Listen to what it's telling you. What is going on for you? Step two, make eye contact with your partner. Take a step back and position yourself in a non-threatening way. Step three, open yourself up to hearing your partner. Remove the filter of defenses that come up for you and listen to the clues that your partner is giving you. Okay, hang on their every word if you need to. This re-engages the brain. It de-escalates that fight or flight response and it puts you into a calmer state of mind. Whenever you are in a conflict with your partner, you first must focus on yourself to put yourself in a calmer state of mind. Okay. So for talking with your angry spouse, this is the next step, because now that you're calm or you're in a relatively calm place, you have to do the next step, which is communicate. And you're probably still a little heated in there and your partner is still angry too. Okay. But hopefully we've de-escalated it a little bit and you're paying attention to what's going on with your body you're listening to your partner, you're trying to clear your head, and you're in a non-threatening posture. So for talking with your angry spouse, here I have a few more steps. I have four steps, okay? And they circle back to each other. So number one, mirror what you heard, okay? Mirroring, so like if you're looking at a mirror, you're looking at your own reflection, means that you feed back to your partner exactly what they said. Do not insert yourself, your ideas, your criticisms, or your disagreement, okay? You're not judging. You're not paraphrasing, okay? So when you mirror to your partner what you heard, you are feeding back to them the words that they said. And you're asking for clarity. Okay. So you might start with um, what I hear you say is. 
Okay, so my example in this blog is what I hear you say is you are overwhelmed that the baby is not sleeping and I'm not doing anything about it. Okay, so this my fictitious uh, example might be two people trying to figure out how they're going to manage the baby sleeping at night. It's very stressful. They might have two different ideas about how to go about it. And we're in kind of a conflict. Okay. So one partner might be saying, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not hearing me. You're not on the same page with me. This isn't going to work. This is super stressful. I'm not getting sleep at night. The baby's crying. Um, you know, this can be a really heated, a heated um, argument. So what you want to do is you want to mirror, mirror what that person is saying. Okay. And you might have to ask them to make it, you know, make it manageable for you to mirror. Okay. Give you some bite-sized pieces instead of the long laundry list. Okay. So you're mirroring. All right. What I hear you say is you are feeling overwhelmed that the baby's not sleeping and I'm not doing anything about it. Okay. No paraphrasing, no judgments, no, I do do stuff about it. You don't recognize me. No, I've been trying to, but you're not listening to me. No, well, you just don't want to follow my plan. So I'm not willing to follow yours. Okay. That's going to escalate you guys further. It's going to move you further away from the goal at hand. And what you really want to do is get this argument in the bag so you can move on to other things. Okay. So mirror what your partner is saying. What I hear you say is you're feeling overwhelmed about the baby. Okay. So the second part of that, ask if you heard correctly. Say something like, did I hear you correctly? Okay. So it's not, it's not a really difficult formula. Um, but it can feel difficult in the moment because it requires you to take charge. Okay. It requires you to put away all of those thoughts, all of those defenses and really be present with your partner. And that can be hard. It's a, it's a muscle that needs to be worked. Okay. If your partner says, no, that's not what I'm saying, ask them to repeat. Okay, and mirror again until you get it 100% correct. Okay, I do this a lot in my sessions with couples. I start off by doing this in a positive way. Okay, I with saying really good things, you know, about each other so that you can get the hang of it. When you're in a conflict with your partner, being allowed to mirror and having them mirror you really furthers that de-escalation, okay? And you'll find that it actually opens up space for you to be heard, okay? A lot of people have a defense against mirroring because they think, well, now that I'm listening to my partner, what about me? And what happens is that actually you will be heard. You are more likely to be heard if you are hearing your partner. Okay, so we're lowering, lowering the stress response in the brain. So number one, mirror. Mirror your partner. Feed back to them what they're saying. Number two, ask if you heard it correctly. 
did, did I hear you correctly? Okay. We're not being antagonistic. It's not saying, did I hear you correctly? You know, intonation tells people a lot about how you're feeling. Be in that calm spot. Be curious. Am I hearing you correctly? Am I really hearing what you're trying to say? And mirror again until you get it 100% correct. You are going to know that you got it 100% correct because your partner's face is going to soften. You're going to see it in real time. Okay? Because that's what happens when people are heard by their partners. They soften. So number four. After you've mirrored and you've got it 100% correct, agree with your partner. Okay? Agree with them. This is really hard, but you can do it. Okay? Agree, agree, agree. Okay? And here's why. It takes two to tango. It takes two people in your dance moves in your relationship to make things go off kilter or to bring things back online. So no matter how wonderful you think you are or how bruised your ego is with what your partner's saying or how many residual emotions come flying at you with what your partner is telling you, you have in some way played a part in your partner being upset. Okay, so agreeing is essentially taking accountability and responsibility for your part in the most critical step in diffusing an argument. Okay, taking accountability and responsibility for your part is the most critical step in diffusing an argument. All that other stuff I said, the mirroring, the stop, look, and listen, the repeating, that's great. Okay, that helps you come back online. It lowers your limbic system stress response, does a lot of good things, but it doesn't hit home that you two are in this together. Okay, you have to take responsibility and accountability for your part. Okay, so by agreeing with your partner, a lot of wonderful things happen. You are admitting you have blame. You are softening their stance. You are showing them you hear them. You are attuning to them. And you are showing compassion for their feelings. All these things are wonderful for you and your spouse. Okay. As a side benefit, you are also helping your baby to be calm. Okay. We'll talk about that in another blog. So when your partner's neurological functioning is soothed, and the amygdala is no longer triggered into fight, flight, or freeze, your child will mimic those receptors, and so will you. Okay. So, it is hard to agree with your partner sometimes. 
because you might not agree with them. Agreeing with your partner's argument, right, their their feelings, is not you consenting that you are totally wrong and you're worthless. It has nothing to do with that. You are agreeing that they have a perspective and that they have a point of view. Agreeing might sound something like this. You're right. The baby being awake at night and crying is so overwhelming. Sleep training is so big. I totally hear where you're coming from. You're feeling overwhelmed with it. And it sounds like you're asking me to help you. Maybe I haven't been helping you enough. Okay, do you, can you feel how that's different than what's wrong with you? The baby is, we're going to figure this out. Why do we need to be doing this? I'm doing everything I can. Get off my back. Okay, that's going head to head. It's not going to help you diffuse an argument. Agree. Agree, agree, agree. You're not losing anything by agreeing. You're taking accountability and responsibility in your relationship. So lastly, take time and space when you need it. Okay, taking time is different than avoiding a conflict. Taking time is an opportunity for you to rest your nervous system and reapproach your partner to continue those difficult conversations. Research has shown that people need about 20 minutes to really come down from a from an escalated stance. Sometimes you can do it really quick, right? Sometimes you can just say, I need a minute, and you really do. You walk out of the room, your brain comes back online, and you can re-engage, okay? Sometimes we do need longer. When a person is taking time to calm themselves, to re to realign themselves and not be in that fight or flight, that is different than someone who is conflict avoidant and telling you they don't care. Okay, taking time for yourself to get back online, to re-engage with your partner is you showing you do care, but you want to do this right. Okay, we got to get this right. Got to get this communication thing right. This is my attempt to do that. And lastly, consider seeing a couples therapist. I am a couples therapist and I know how helpful it can be. I'm also in a partnership with my husband. So a couples therapist can assist you in working to de-escalate conflict together and increase calmness and security in the home. Okay. And then I kind of add this to all of my blogs right now. It's a fact that you won't always be happy with your partner, but you do deserve to lift your relationship to the next level. A harmonious and mutually supportive marriage or long-term commitment is well within your reach. All that we know today about research and the mind-body relationship and interpersonal reactivities is there to help you. You need only reach out and get it. So my name is Angela Jensen Ramirez. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice in Austin, Texas. Everything I've put in this little um, blog and podcast are intended to help you out. They are not intended to replace any therapy or treatment that you might need. Um, it's not intended to diagnose you or to you know, step in as your therapist. 
This is only me putting out some ideas for you and how to de-escalate conflict. I would love to hear questions. I would love to hear your experience. Um, as, as hard as it is to write it down concisely, there are little steps in there when you're in real-time motion that come out. So I would absolutely love to hear your feedback. So to recap, having a baby, so stressful. And when we get into arguments with our partner, they can escalate fast and it can feel like we're going nowhere. So step one is you want to calm yourself first. Okay, that emergency mask goes on yourself first so you can talk to your partner. Stop, look, and listen to your body. What is going on? How are you responding? Make eye contact with your partner, take a step back, and move yourself into a non-threatening posture. Open yourself up to hearing what your partner is saying. Try to remove the defenses that come up for you. Maybe consider just really honing in on the words your partner's your partner is giving to you. To re-engage with your partner now that you're calm, mirror what you he- what you hear. Use stuff like what I hear you say is you are just really angry right now. Okay. Ask if you heard it correctly. Did I hear you correctly? Am I hearing you correctly? Mirror again until you get it 100% correct. Until your partner says, yes, that is what I am trying to tell you. Okay. And then agree. Agree with your partner. Okay. This is really hard, but you can agree. Even if your partner says something like, what I'm telling you is you're acting like a butthead. Okay. That's my filter. You know, I'm not going to say bad words. Um, your partner, you are acting like such a butthead right now. You can still mirror. So I hear you telling me I'm acting like a butthead. Yes. Okay. Am I hearing you right? I'm acting like a butthead. Yes. You are acting like a butthead. Okay. Agree. All right. So you think that what I'm doing is buttheadish. <laughs> you think that what I'm doing is not cool. I want to know more. Okay. I want to know more about what that's like for you. Okay. That's agreeing. You don't have to say, yeah, I'm a butthead. I mean, you can just say, all right, I hear you. Whatever I'm doing right now is coming across like I'm a butthead. Tell me more. Let's figure this out because I don't want to be a butthead. Nobody wants to be a butthead. Let's figure this out. Okay. So there you have it. And again, please email me, Angela J at a new therapy, A N E W therapy, a new therapy.org. If you have any questions, comments, um, or maybe, you know, how it goes, some feedback. 